somebody say Andre Andre not Andra not Andrea no no he calls my name like my mama said my name yeah my mama wouldn't mess my name up she calls me she don't call me Daniel either she called me Andre yeah yeah because she knows God bless you today thank you team Thank you, T. Thank you for being our leader today. Thank you, Mary Mary. <laughs> we have a little something for y'all. Blessing y'all for coming and sharing with us today. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to say this to you. Y'all have a gift that God has given you, and I know you got good teachers. If you use that for the Lord, then it'll always bring you blessing. You, if, you, if you use it for the Lord. Now people will tell you you can use it for other things. That's fine. But I'm telling you, if you use it for the Lord, then the Lord will bless you. Magnify his name. Glorify his name. Then he'll take that tool and make it so wonderful. Yeah. It'll be like Sister Cobbs who sang that song, right? Amen. Amen. 
This year, I have listened to that song probably a hundred times in my office. Probably a hundred times. I've needed that song that they were singing today. You can't know what people are going through. So when you cue that up, yeah, all summer long, if you walk past my office, you probably heard that song going on because sometimes everybody needs validation, strengthening, and encouragement. And I need it. I still do. So God bless you today. We have been in a sermon series entitled The Gifts of Christmas. We have had the uh, wonderful opportunity to talk about the various non-tangible gifts that come with the Christmas celebration. Those things you can't put under a tree, can't wrap, put a bow on it, but they are so meaningful. And you need to, as you grow in your relationship with the Lord, learn to appreciate these things because they have as much value as anything you can put under a tree. And so we've been walking through talking about the various the various gifts that that you can find in this sermon series. And you've been here with me. You know what we've been talking about. I'm so glad we've been receiving it so well. The, the truth of the matter is, I don't know that even growing up that I appreciated all of this stuff. That's, that's just the truth. I, I don't know that I did. Sometimes you just got to get to a certain point in your life that you can appreciate certain things. But since I've come to know the value of these things, oh my goodness. And so I'm, I'm so glad that we had the conversation on the first Sunday of this series. It was in the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And we talked about the love of God. Oh, I'm sorry, hope. We talked about hope. Talked about hope. A heavenly guarantee. And then the next Sunday we talked about the love of God. Last Sunday, we were blessed enough to talk about the joy of the Lord is our strength. We found out that this joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. Since the world didn't give me this joy, then the world can't take it. Can't take it for, from me. And this week, we're going to talk about, I think, that there's not a person alive who doesn't seek this gift. Whether they know what it's called, they know what it feels like. Um, and there's a passage of scripture that gives us a resume for Jesus Christ. Ironically, it's found, well, it gives us a resume for the Messiah. And we know that that Messiah is Jesus Christ. It's found in Isaiah, an Old Testament prophet. You see it everywhere. This passage of scripture is so popular, it's been appropriated in secular ways. People put it on stuff and they don't even know what it means, Cam. Um, we know it when we see it comes from Isaiah and it comes from chapter six and it's verse nine. We immediately clue into it because we've been in the body of Christ. But, you know, people who are not in the body of Christ see it and I wonder what they make of it. When they see that for unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government 
will be on his shoulder. And he will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. And I love this last thing. Of all the other duties he's got, Pam, he's also going to be called the Prince of Peace. Yeah. And the reason he's called the Prince of Peace is because he is the Prince of Peace. It's not just a label. It's who he is. Peace. He's the head of all the peace, the Prince of Peace. We talk about peace here in this community. Anybody who's on the phone with me knows that's typically how I sign off on the phone call with you. I always tell folks peace when I hang up. They always think it's because I was born during that time when that was a prevalent thought, and perhaps it is. It's probably something I picked up when I was in Tuskegee, which is how we all signed off from each other. Me and my friends and frat brothers would always leave one another, and we'd always say peace. Peace, and for a long time, we would say peace in the Middle East. At least, at least. But now, peace, three images are popular in our community, in our society for peace. Three images that pop out right at you. They come to you. The first thing we know is the image of a dove, a dove. And the dove has an olive branch. Um, the reason that has become so popular is because it's an image that has come through Christian generations and the dove is reminiscent of the dove that Noah sent when he and his family were in the ark and they were looking for <clears throat> dry land Noah released a dove in the Historical reference says that the dove came back with a piece of an olive branch to let Noah know that there was dry land available again. And why is that reminiscent of peace? Because the reason why God destroyed the earth with water in the first place is because the earth was full of sinful men. And God was so disappointed that he decided he was going to start over again. And yet he left a remnant, and that remnant was Noah's family. And so when Noah sent the dove out, he came back with an olive branch. <clears throat> the symbolism was that mankind is no longer at war with God. There is peace between God and mankind now. And so since then, a dove and an olive branch have meant peace with God. And then there's a symbol that really came through the hippie movement, but it's been misappropriated. The history of it is absolutely fascinating. There are some who could not tell you exactly what this is, but they know that it's a symbol of peace, which is interesting as to how strongly spent in our community, in our society, to represent peace. But there is a, a, a communication system that exists using flags. 
using flags. And the position of the flags denotes the letter of the alphabet. This, this system represents two flag movements, two alphabets. The first one is two flags straight down. We'll sit out here so you can see me. Represents the letter N. The letter N. All right? Two flags. The person who was holding the flag would hold them straight down. Two flags straight down. They represent the letter N. And then as he or she moved the flags, that would spell out the word that people were trying to get. And the second flag, the second flag would be one flag straight down and one straight up. One flag straight down and one flag straight up. And that would represent the letter D, the letter D. And so the, this flag represents D, N, and D. But that stands for nuclear disarmament. Nuclear disarmament. Britain came up with this during the wars. This emblem, this symbol came to represent nuclear disarmament. Peace. We want peace. And so whenever this symbol is shown, the movement would recognize that they were part of the nuclear disarmament movement and they didn't want nuclear weapons to be proliferated. Started in 1958 by an activist named Gerald Holtum. And it has gone since then to now mean across Britain and across the world to mean no nuclear weapons, which is another way of saying peace. And then the third symbol, we all know it. We all know it, we throw it all the time now. Somebody throws it up. We always say that that's a symbol for peace, but really it's a symbol for V. And the V stands for victory. It's been misappropriated <laughs> in a good way to mean instead of peace, it really means victory. But we mean peace when we say that. Of course, you see the V, the V. It's important to learn the history of the etymology of words, where they come from. All I know is you can put all three of them together and they still stand for, for peace. Different ways, different places. Be careful when you go to different countries and try to use the same symbols. You might find yourself <laughs> saying something that doesn't mean the same thing. I... I I recall we went on a trip with the young folk and one of them had gotten a tattoo with some Chinese letters on it. Of course, he can't read Chinese. So he really did not know what the Chinese letters meant. Be careful when you do that. You know, alcohol, late night, drugs, tattooing, probably not a good thing. Cause you wake up in the morning with something scratched on you that doesn't mean what you want it to mean and it happens. It happens all the time, particularly if the tattoo artist is not that good. We associate peace with symbols. Can I tell you something? There is no greater symbol of peace than Jesus. 
of all the ones I just mentioned to you, we celebrate this season because of the birth of Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ was the symbol from heaven that God was bringing peace back to us. Remember now, hundreds of years had passed. God had been at war with mankind. Hundreds of years had passed. Mankind wanted a way to get back in right fellowship with the Lord. And we couldn't figure out how to do it. So God sent us away. All we had to do was believe in the symbol. Have faith in the symbol that he sent us. And that was his son, Jesus Christ. Freedom, I mean, peace is defined as freedom from disturbance, quiet, tranquility. But ironically, ironically, peace is those emblems often came about in situations that were exactly the opposite of peace, nuclear war. That's when we got that. Other kinds of conflict brought about the need to be able to communicate without being able to verbally talk to one another. These are situations um, that create conflict. The peace symbol, the victory symbol, came about during uh, the war movement, the Vietnam War movement, and came about during civil disturbance here in our country. All these things were the exact opposite of peaceful situations, and yet they created a need for a symbol to be given that would indicate peace. And that's exactly the case that that happened when Jesus was sent to us. He came to us as our symbol. And think about what was happening at the time that God sent Jesus to us. Think about the time when the need for the songwriter, the songwriter writes a song, Silent Night. Silent Night about the time that Jesus Christ was born. But the world was anything but silent when Jesus came. It's often ironic that we write songs that mean the opposite of the situation that's going on. And that's because we're writing from our hope. We're writing from our desires, what we'd like to see. And so when the songwriter writes a song about a silent night, we need to look back and see exactly what was going on at the time. The world was not at peace when he wrote about that night. No, 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 there was a divide between God and people at that time, so there was no peace. There was a conflict among families and nations at that time. The reason Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem in the first place is because of a tyrannical leader who made all of his folk travel from where they were from in order to be in his place so they could be counted for a census which means it didn't matter how much money or resources you had, you had to drag yourself. Look at Mary and Joseph were poor. They had to take all their resources and drag themselves to Bethlehem so they could be counted with their family. Think about that right now. All the men in here, if you're not from Birmingham and the government called for a census to be taken and required that you go back to the home of your birth, Required that you go back to the home of your birth. That means you would have to get your family so they too could be counted and take them all back to your birthplace. Saul, you have to go back 
to the place of your birth. You at your home. No, but you got to go back to the place of your birth. You got to be there. Think about the hardship that would require. And that's exactly what happened to Joseph and to Mary. There was political conflict, Roman oppression in the land, demanding physical travel. There's no peace going on here. And yet, in the middle of all this turmoil, in the middle of all this conflict, upheaval, God sends his greatest symbol of peace. And he comes in the form of a babe. The least, the, the, the way you would least expect it is how God responds to you. Who would have been looking for a baby to come solve all these adult and major problems? That's just how God is, Cam. He comes in the way we least expect it with the most powerful option he could ever send. And he confounds the wise. And those who think they know everything find out they don't know anything. And if they could guess what God was going to do, then the solution wouldn't be from God. Because God is not going to come in a way that we expect. He's going to give us what we need, but it's going to be differently. Jesus, the Messiah, was and is many things, but he is especially what the prophet Isaiah foretold. He is the Prince of Peace. Watch this now. It's important that he's not a symbol of peace. He is peace. He's not a symbol of peace. Not like the dove in the branch. No, no, no. Not like the flag symbol. Jesus Christ. Not even like the victory sign. Jesus Christ is peace. And he offers us the peace of this season. Can I tell you? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about perfect peace. Not man-made peace. This is heaven-sent peace. That's perfect peace. Watch this. Luke writes this. He said from his investigation of what happened when Jesus was born, the shepherd must have told him this because Luke wasn't there. The shepherd told him suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel to us there on that side, hillside. <clears throat> and they were praising God and they were saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth. Watch this now. The angels came with the message. On earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels came with the message and the song that Jesus came as peace. Peace that you and I don't have to hear about from somebody else beyond the weekend experience the peace ourselves. We can experience this. And when it's appropriate, you can know him for yourself when you're old enough, when you hear it in your heart, regardless of what's going on in your life. And this is a great season for you to introduce Jesus and his peace to some people who've been living in turmoil. This is a great time for you to share with them peace. 
Now, you know, right now, our world is not much different than the world when Jesus came into it. So I'd say to you right now is as good a time as any for you to share the peace of Jesus Christ. We're just as raggedy today as they were back in that day. Now, I know people can buy peace in a bottle, 16 or 12 ounces at a time. They think that's peace, but when that wears off, the same old turmoil they had is right back with them. Some of them can find peace in a blunt for a little while, but then it goes away. When all that's over, they got the same problem that they had. Yeah, even now you can find peace in a little pill for just a little while. But when the little pill goes away problem is still sitting there. People are still stressing. In fact, I think it's worse, T. We now have high-tech fatigue. I used to be able to get away from folk and them not be able to see me and what's going on, and now I can't get away from them. Everywhere I go, something tech is following me. Somebody taking my picture where I go. Somebody showing me what they have for dinner, like I care. Somebody showing me yeah, what somebody brought them for a present again, like I, there's still just tech everywhere. I can't go nowhere without you following me. And it's just more problems than I used to have. Imagine if them shepherds had iPhones on the hillside. Imagine if they had in the in the manger with Jesus. I'm just sitting up in the manger this evening. Jesus over there getting born and everything. Trying to show y'all what's happening right now. Hold on, hold on. Turn around, Mary. Smile for Can you imagine if they could push all that out? They got a TikTok on, on the shepherds out there in the field. Imagine if it had been that way. Imagine the mystery that would have been taken. If somebody had actually shown how poverty-stricken Mary and Joseph were. And nothing. They were there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We can't take this picture here. Uh, move that cow over there and, and, and bring somebody cloth over here because Mary, your face dirty right now. We got to, they'd have to fix everything so that it would be photographic so that the picture would come out right. And uh -uh, Joseph, you ain't going to do right. Go in there and get James. James, you going to stand in for Joseph because Mary, Mary too tall for Joseph. They got to fix the picture. Mr. Innkeeper, you ain't going to do right, are you? Let's cut that one more time for you. Come on, come on. Take two on the innkeeper saying no. This is how our life is right now. We got to take the perfect picture. Yeah, they show it to you. The one that comes up on Instagram is the perfect picture. It just so happens it's picture number 12. Yeah, that you dismissed and got rid of every one of the other ones that did not show you in a perfect light. And I would say that this only increases the turmoil in our lives when we think we have to be perfect in every single thing we do. And we don't want to let folk know that our lives are ragged. And it's okay. Can I tell you? I want to give you a gift today. This is my gift, Reverend Sparks' gift to you. All right? You don't have to look around at anybody else. Just keep it to yourself. Everybody's life is ragged. Everybody's got junk in their life. Everybody's got something that they would rather change that they don't like about themselves. Perhaps they've gotten mature enough and confident enough to live with the part of themselves they don't like. But everybody's got something. Everybody's got something. And guess what? It's okay because God didn't make any of us to be perfect. He didn't. 
He didn't intend for us to be perfect over here. He didn't intend for you to be rich like everybody else. He didn't intend for that. And if you had everything you needed, why would you need him? If you were perfect in every way, why would you need him? You would know how to work things out if you had everything. You don't need that. The peace. We need that peace right now. You need it so you can calm down. All right? And so what Jesus brings to us is he first of all, he brings us peace with God. When you accept him, you're back at, at you, you got peace with God. I'm not in turmoil with God anymore. Why? Because I've accepted the gift he gave me, and that's his son. So we're not, we're not at war anymore. Those who haven't accepted him are still in a state of turmoil with God. But if you've accepted him, then you're no longer at war with God. All right? There's a, there's a, a songwriter, I mean, a, a, a writer that wrote this, no God, no peace. But if you know God, then you know peace. All right? If you want peace in your life, then my advice to you is to take the gift that he's freely given you. And that's of his son, Jesus. Paul wrote this, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. It's through Jesus Christ that you can now have peace with his father. Jesus brings us peace with his dad. You ought to say amen to that. Yeah, but not only do you have peace with God, check this out, you have peace within. Peace with God, then you got peace within. So much today can drag us away, drag us away from the peace of uh, with Christ. Pull us away from it. Get you distracted. But, but watch this now. God knows that we have this unrest. And so when we accept his son's gift of salvation, included in the gift of salvation is peace. Somebody ought to say, oh, thank you, Lord. Peace is included in it because he knows your deepest thoughts. He knows what's concerning you. He knows that you need peace. And he knows the world that we're in. And so he brings us, he brings us peace. Paul said this, Philippians 4 and 6. He said, do not be anxious for anything. Somebody ought to put a pen in this in your Bible. If you don't know this passage of scripture, you ought to keep it with you. This is one of the best ones when you feel anxious and nervous, worried about anything. Go to Philippians 4, 6 and 7 and read it and meditate on it. It says, don't be anxious for anything. But in every, every situation, by prayer, two things that'll take you there, prayer and petition, and be thankful. Present your request to God, and watch this. If you put that formula together, that recipe together, prayer, petition, thanksgiving, you give that to God, he will give you peace, his peace. That's the scripture. And not only will he give you his peace, it's a peace that transcends all understanding. Yeah, that means we don't even understand. Let me put it plain to you. That means when everything else is broken all around you, his peace comes in and makes you look crazy. 
Folk like, why you, why you not upset? And you say, because I know God's got this. Yeah, and so I'm not running around here upset because God assured me. This is what this piece looks like. It makes folk think you crazy. That's right, because you're not being chaotic. You hear me? Because you're not being chaotic. They look at you and they want to know, why you not crying and upset? How can you be over there reading and laughing and stuff? And because God got his, his peace in me. He put it in me. And that peace transcends all understanding, which by definition means folk don't understand why you're acting like that. Watch this now. Not only will it transcend the understanding, Paul also, he said, and it will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. In that relationship, you get all of those benefits simply because you have faith in Jesus Christ. That's a promise, magnificent promise that you need to hold on to and it defies what people understand. That's all right. That's all right. Just show them how to get a relationship with the Lord and they can have that kind of peace too. That's what you need to be sharing with them. Forget all these pictures you send them. Send them some scripture. Talk to them about something, a relationship with the Lord. Forget them J's or forget them coats or forget them whatever. They have their place. But I would much rather have my circle of friends be calm than dressed real good and acting up. I'd much rather that. I also want you to know that this, this, this calm is restorative. Watch this now. It's restorative. That means it can get me together, this calm. When I'm out of control, it can restore me to a place of calm. And it also has the power to guard my heart. Jesus is paying attention to my life and he's protecting me from those things that might come and bring me emotional harm and be destructive to me. Why? Because he loves me like that. He's going to protect me. It's just like any other parent who's going to protect their child. Jesus is going to do that. He's going to keep me from those nightmares that I'm having. Why? Because I'm keeping my mind stayed on him. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Watch this now. So that's the peace that's within me. I get peace with God. I get the peace that's, with, with, that's within me. And, and I, I love this. This is important too now. If you want these benefits, then not only do you have to pay attention to the verse of six in Philippians. All right. Sometimes you got to read a little bit more. Philippians four and six is crucial. But if you back up just a little bit and read verse five, verse five, can it also says that the verse brings those promises to those who are near him. Watch this now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the right verse. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That's the ones who are with him. Who are with him. The verse tells us that the Lord is near. And it's important to know this. We must remember that God's gift of peace in the form of a person comes to those who are, who are near him. He is the reason we have peace within. Peace within. I'm sorry. Isaiah 65. <laughs> Forgive me. I say Isaiah. 
Put that up there when you find it, all right? He is the reason that we have the peace within. He is Emmanuel, which means God with us. All right? And the last thing I want to tell you is this. Not only is he the peace with God, not only is he the peace within. Look at this now. He is the peace to come. That's the peace that's going to come. Some of us get so anxious, not because of what's going on in our lives, but what's about to happen. What's down the road? Why, why can't, why can't Bobby, we have peace in our community? Why, why, why can't we have folk not killing each other? Why can't we have people not robbing and taking stuff from each other? That's the peace we all hoping and praying for. Well, he is the key to that peace that's going to come to us. How is that going to come? It's going to come by you witnessing, by you talking, by you, by you sharing with other people. Imagine what would happen if we got a chance to share this love, this, this, this love of Christ with everyone. Not got, if we took the opportunity to do that. Yeah, everybody's not going to believe in him, but are we even trying? I think that's what Anthony was, was on today. I hugged him this morning because he's so full. Because he wants us to be appreciative of how good God has been to us. He's trying to share with us. He's, you know, he, today is his full day. When is yours? He had his full moment on a Sunday morning in front of the church congregation. Where are you going to be when you have your full, full moment? Yeah, he's struggling to tell somebody he appreciates how good God has been to him. Why? I guess he looks around at his wife and things are going well. I guess he looks around at his boys and things are going well. His, his secular life seems to be going okay. And in the end, that means thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you sit down and count the cost of what God has done to you? Peace that's going to come to us, we recognize that there's a two-pronged approach to this Advent season that really is going to close on this Friday with Christmas Eve. There's a two-pronged approach. And that, that first one is that Christ is coming at Christmas. That's the first thing. All right? He's coming. The first thing. That's what Advent is all about, Tyrone. We're anticipating, and we're trying to do it in the same way that the early folk did. They anticipate him coming. That's the first prong. The second prong is this. He's coming back again. He's coming to see us and get us again. And we ought to celebrate that at this time. Not only did he come for us the first time, we have that blessing. He's coming back to get us and take us to an eternal home in heaven. Those are the two things that Advent brings to us. And so until then, Let's look at the words that Jesus gave his disciples. Watch this now. If you hold them, we can rest in them until we see Jesus face to face. He said, I have told you these things so that in me, in me, you may have peace. In the world, he said, you're going to have trouble. This is what he told his disciples. In the world, you're going to have trouble. But watch this now. Imagine Jesus standing in front of you telling you this, saying, he's saying, in this world, saying, you're going to have trouble. Yeah, but take heart. Take heart. Another version says, be encouraged. He said, because I have overcome the world. So follow me. Let me rest in you. This is what Jesus Christ is telling to each one of us. You're going to have problems down here. Some of you are not going to be here when I come back and get everybody, all right? Some of you will already have gone on. 
That's just the reality of this life. But that won't stop me from coming back to get you. No matter where you are, no matter the circumstances, I'm coming back to get you to live with me forever. That's the, that's the promise he gives us. That's the peace that we have. Do you have that peace? Do, do you know that peace in your life? I know this life is broken. I know it. I know we live among a broken world, people in the world. I, I get that. Yeah, but he knows it too. And he understands. And he knows why we get discouraged. And what I've come today is to give you this last gift to say, you don't have to let discouragement rule in your life because the peace you seek, he is that peace. Accept him and his gift that he's given you. He loves you. You can have a confident, guaranteed hope in him. Not only does he love you, not only is your hope in him, watch this now, you can have peace in him. And there's peace that you can have today and tomorrow, and it's a perfect peace that comes. I know it's the peace you're longing for. And so when you have that kind of peace, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. No, 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 no. You don't have to worry about tomorrow, and you don't have to worry about how many other issues are going to come because that's up to him to deal with those situations. He can present all of the love you need to get through these situations that you find yourself in. And I got a feeling that if you take the love and the peace, you put your hope in Jesus Christ, then joy is going to be a part of what you experience this season. God bless you today. God keep you. Watch this. Do you know Jesus as your own? Today is the day I've come to invite you to join a church family. If you haven't had one yet, to become your church family, then I'm inviting you to come and to become a part of a church family. I'd love to invite you to become a part of this one. Whether you're here in this space or whether you're in another space online, then today is the day for you to accept the gift of Christ and his sacrificial death and resurrection. <clears throat> if you've never accepted him, I invite you to do so. While, while our musical guests come and sing for us today, the doors of the church are open. God bless you today. It's my prayer.